items that give you a skill that you can use when you have the item equipped. That's a pretty cool idea, actually. Yeah. Just some like fun skills that you get from a thing. And we're we're coming up on a on a book. Um, there is a there is a Librem idea floating around that I have really really liked and have been trying for years to figure out a way to make it into something that is item of the month worthy. And I think that maybe the answer is to make it not item of the month worthy, but just make it like a fun goofy thing and do that as the con item this year. Right. Because um, cool. I kind of wanted to do a book as the con item this year. Uh, and I think that's a good way to use one that is that is not uh, not maybe I don't know eye stabby enough. Yeah. Relation. Uh, what are you typing, buddy? I'm typing in a radio chat that uh, for like 30 seconds we were connected fine because the uh, mic was off. But as soon as I started streaming data, it dropped, and now I picked them back up. I don't know. My router went tits up a couple of, like, right before last show. I lost the router. So I did a new router, and last night's show was fine, and the everything else that I've done on the internet has been fine, except last night around 9 o'clock, everything got shitty. And yeah. Are you still doing tonight. a normal... Radio KOL show regularly? No, I don't have a music show or anything. Uh, uh, I, I Club You asks why I'm using Comcast. It's because in my neighborhood the options are Comcast at 20 MPS, um, Quest at 258K, or Wireless at 4 MPS, and if you have two people on, it halves it. So... To get like two people in your neighborhood, or no? I felt like if I'm on my computer and Jess is on hers, we each get half of the speed. And I, I don't know that it's supposed to work that way, or if it even can. But that's how it worked for the couple days we tried it, and said, you know, fuck this. Comcast is terrible, but at least when it's working, it's the fastest thing that I can get. Yeah, I mean, it does work like most of the time, right? Yeah, only on Monday nights. Uh, Southwest says, no need to answer them all in this show. I'm sure others have more important and interesting questions. I'll post the ones that don't get answered in the next questions thread. Yeah. Because nothing like uh, when we ignore a question, people just continuing to ask it hundreds and hundreds more times. Yeah, we enjoy that. We'll just ask this from now on. Uh, not, not that I'm accusing you of that, Southwest. A few months ago, Notch began relying on the Minecraft Wiki's user-contributed list of bugs as a sort of bug tracker. For KOL, while we have the report bug function and the typos thread in the forums, there are also game bugs and typos categories on the KOL Wiki. Do you guys ever refer to those in order to figure out what needs fixing? There are so many lists of things to fix that only ever get longer and longer and longer and longer that we have zero need to look anywhere else other than the list of bug reports. Um... I maintain, and there are those who disagree with me, and those would be made sad by this, I maintain that we would be better off if we ignored the vast majority of bug reports and did not fix the bugs. I maintain that that dev time would be far better spent improving functionality, which, you know, just introduces more bugs, or adding new functionality. Uh, because these these fixes are things that will make like really minor improvements in the experience of a handful of people who happen to run into these bugs. Because almost all of the bugs are extremely minor, right? And 
the pace of development causes so many more bugs to get introduced, so many more little, little bothersome things, you know, little inconsistencies than we can fix unless we like hired somebody else whose job it was just to fix bugs. Right. And I, I don't think that that's a good use of our resources either. I mean, I know that this is just like, ah, oh, you are such a business bad hippie, but like things are not, I don't think demonstrably improved by us spending like literally probably hundreds of times as much time dealing with bug reports as we used to there are, you know, and I say that and like Gamelli taking the time to explain things to people, I'm sure has a really serious impact on the bottom line, right? People are made really happy. They get a personal response and that makes people feel really good. That is way more of a customer service thing than it is a bug fixing thing though. You know, because most of the bug reports are just bullshit, right? They're like, I lost my ex. No, you didn't. It's in your closet. Right. And, if somebody looks and spends the time telling them that, they'll say, oh, <laughs> sorry, yeah, my bad. Thanks. But that took some time that could have been spent on something else, you know? Yeah. And it's, I, I'm probably wrong about this, but I, it's, it's just the way that I feel. You know, there, there are a lot of things that people spend time on just because that's what you do. And I... I don't know if you know this about me, but I've never really been like uh, everybody else is doing this, so I should do this kind of guy. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Never would have figured for you for an iconoclast. You never, uh, you never would have, uh, you never would have known it from all the greeting cards I don't send you. Right. Ah, greeting cards. I bet it makes my mom sad that I don't give her cards. Did we get you? I think we got us off the birthday hook, at least. Oh, yeah. Where I think both of us were like, you know, it, it's going to be okay if we don't send each other birthday presents. We're just like, like, I called you this year to be like, hey, I'm aware it's your birthday. And uh, I'm yeah. thinking about you in a fond way. And that, and that was it. And that seemed I mean, fine. Yeah, I, I really have. Like, every time I'm like, oh, I apologize. I didn't, I didn't find anything to get you for Christmas this year. And it's like, everybody always says, you know, dude, you buy me stuff all the time. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Right. I do. Like, if I find something that one of my friends would like, I, I get it for them. And, it, uh, you know, like, hey, here's this thing that I found, irrespective of what day Julius Caesar said we had to be nice to each other. Right. You know, I, I, I don't know. Anyway, there are two pastes from the boots, Crimbo Poost and Indi- Crimbo Poost. Ooh, and indescribably boost. horrible poost. They give plus 30 spell damage. No other paste effect was duplicated. Was this intentional? Ah, uh, not exactly. Um, Riff had written some of those. Riff had mixed up where, what monster types some of the pastes came from. Because when I, when I had him uh, theme the effects, I had not actually put the list of correspondences anywhere where he could see it. Um, so he mixed a few of them up, and I changed some things around. And some of the stuff that was on... I was not actually certain that Crimbo Paste and the Penguin Paste were acquirable. Hmm. Where is there now that you can fight penguins or Crimbo Elves? I mean, is it just like puttied ones or and, whatever? And Fax Network, right? And Yeah, I, I mean, I knew that that might happen, but then when somebody was pointing it out... Oh, you know what? Uh, there's the penguins that attack you during the Nemesis quest. I forgot about that. Hmm. 
those those actually come up. Anyway, I wasn't expecting. Uh, I was expecting it to be a while before people found those. I don't know why. I don't know why I ever think anything is going to be like that. Um, no, no, they were not um, intentional. But they both kind of make sense. Um, and crimbo paste is going to be significantly harder to come by, so I didn't want to give it something like super cool if that was the only way you could get it. I guess. Uh, and he continues. Uh, is Southwest a he or a she? Southwest is, I believe, a dude. Okay. Uh, what are your current thoughts about replacing the annual Volleycon and Volley Fairy with something new? Would you consider making their next incarnation? Wait, no. It's a Volleycon and a Fairycon. Yeah. There is no. It's one. a Lewis Fairycon. Uh, <laughs> it's Lewis Black. Uh, Lou Farrakhan is black. Yeah. I'm not uh, white like Lewis Black. I am black like Lewis Farrakhan is. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's pretty funny. Uh, would you consider making their next incarnations permanent so they didn't ever rotate again and dropping them to one Mr. A each? Arguably, those two hybrids are not worth two Mr. A's anymore when compared to other one Mr. A familiars, and I would think that knocking them down to one would allow you to use those combinations in monthly items if you wanted, because you wouldn't have to worry about outclassing a two Mr. A familiar with something half the price. Uh, along those same lines, how would you feel about adding a content familiar and a spleen familiar to the annual Mr. Store lineup? Would you want to price them at one or two Mr. A's? So, I... If I could go back in time and make it so this is what we did in the first place, I think that that is a fantastic idea. If if the thing that we spent the most time on, which is the June familiar, was a thing that was in there all year and cost two Mr. A's, I think that would make a lot more sense in terms of like the value that you're getting for the money that you give us. Sure. Right? And you're, you're, you are right that the two Mr. A familiars are not worth two Mr. A's but I'm not sure it is because they are outclassed by one Mr. A familiars because the fact that they are there all the time makes them a slightly different value proposition right like you can get a one Mr. A familiar that is better than these two Mr. A familiars but you can only get it right now right um I don't know. I don't know how much that actually means. I remember when we talked about this before. You you were resistant to the idea of changing the way that that worked. I I think that I am resistant to change. You should know that by now. Sure, sure, sure. You're, you're resistant to change of of like stuff that's been that way for a long time. And I mean, I I kind of am too. Um, but I but I honestly think that the idea like having a spleen familiar that is always in the store and cost two Mr. A's and having a content familiar that's always in the store and is two Mr. A's and then just not having a volley con and a fairy con in there anymore except for occasionally when that's the base functionality of a one Mr. A familiar I think would would be great I would enjoy that I would feel a lot better about doing the work on the June familiar once a year if I knew that it was like I mean, it's not that people don't get to enjoy it now because those are those are heavily heavily overbought. I think so. Everybody in a year gets an opportunity to buy one of those fairly cheap, right? Right. Like I don't think I don't know. I mean, how much is the how much is the Xenomorph in the mall? I don't even have KOL open right now, so I'm not going to find that out. I can't imagine it is too much higher than the price of a Mister A. Let's um, see. What is that even called? Mysterious chest. Yeah. yeah. Let me see. Uh, looks like it's about double. Mr. Oh, yeah? Right now. Yeah. That's surprising. If Mr. Accessory prices are still what they were a while ago. 
No, it is exactly the price of Mr. A. Mr. A's are twice as expensive as the last time I checked. As you thought they were. Yeah, so they're they're about eight million meat and the same price for a chest. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not you know it, it isn't like it would be disingenuous to say that like having a, having a content familiar in there for two Mr. A's for a year makes it so more people get it uh, because I I don't think that's real. Right, I think that at any given point, the the most recent spleen familiar is pretty, or the most recent content familiar is pretty easy to acquire. How do we? How do you feel about the possible argument that, well, my content familiar last year was a Mister Accessory, and this one has the same amount of content, and it's two Mister Accessories. Well, I mean that it was too cheap last year. You know, we've kind of had the same. We've had this discussion on video games, hot dog, where. People are talking about how, like, th- there is a lot of discussion in this sort of, like, video game punditry sphere about how Nintendo is failing because of iOS and because you, nobody should ever pay $20 for a portable game again because there are so many good portable games that you can get for a dollar. Huh. And I, my take on that is that really good $1 portable games are are seriously unsustainably cheap. Like, they should cost more than that. And, you know, the, the problem is nobody would know that they were good if they hadn't become huge and they wouldn't have become huge if they didn't cost a dollar, right? But I don't know. I'm curious as to how many more games like that you're going to see. How many more, like, big blockbuster games you're going to see on on the iPod touch or the iPhone that are a dollar. I don't know how many I've seen period. Like I've seen games that are say $5 that are like a full blown RPG or a full blown FPS. But most of the stuff I've seen that's a dollar is either like a casual game or it's something that's a dollar, but then anything you want to do in the game has a DLC. So I have probably spent uh, operating under the assumption that the Geo Defense games were a dollar, and I think they were. Um, Dungeon Raid, I'm pretty sure it was a dollar. I would say that the majority of the time that I have spent playing iPhone games, I have spent playing really good games that were a dollar. Hmm. Um, but I but I definitely see what you're saying. I don't, I, you know, so I don't know. I think I would have no problem deflecting that argument if it were made, uh, you know, in a context where I didn't have to look the person in the eye. Like, if it was a radio question, huh. I would, I, I, you know, I'm always going to get sheepish. If so. the, the other thing is, though, nobody is going to walk up to me and say, hey, this thing in Mr. Store is too expensive, you prick. Right. Right? Somebody would not walk up to you in real life and look you in the eye and say that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. You know, I... I think that I would do that if I felt that it had sufficient support from within the organization, right? Because it isn't any more work every year. I I dread on your behalf having to come up with these October guys every fucking time, right? We don't tend to, we think we're going to have a hard time coming up with the June familiar, but then we never do, you know? Because it's like, oh, this is that month where we can do fucking anything. So let's just pick one of a dozen ideas that are floating around, you know? Sure. Like someday we're going to do the, we're going to do the, the, uh, sort of paradise lost. Uh, no, the Dante's Inferno one. Right. Right. So someday it'll been, it'll have been long enough since we wrote any hell or Hades or pandemonium stuff that that'll be what we want to explore. Yeah. You know? 
someday we'll go to space. Wait, shit. Uh, someday we'll go to Mexico. Someday we'll go underwater, and people will be very upset. Yeah. Yeah. I could see, like, if we're talking about, like, next June doing that, like, making that switch next June... Just leaving. Oh, sure. Not doing another content yeah. familiar in October. I know I'm not going to get support within the organization. Yeah. Or for even that January. Shit. Like I was thinking, so we'd want to do that in January when the year restarts, and that was like, that's always a little tense part of the year because we have the end of Crimbo and the January item, whatever that is. Yep. But <clears throat> June is such a good time. It seems like, except for this year. Yeah. To, but yeah, and, and, it. and it was just it was just a weird confluence of things this year right um and it is like and the thing is having having these deadlines like for whatever reason i i think that the way that you get people to take totally arbitrary deadlines seriously is just the weight of tradition uh-huh. right so like we we are never late with crimbo we are always scrambling but we always like pull off something fucking awesome you know like, there is never a time when people have said, like, ah, oh, you guys just phoned in Crimbo, right? There are times when people will piss and moan about the rewards. There are times when the people who will complain about anything complain about anything. Sure. But, like, by and large, we do a really fucking good job, and we do a tremendous amount of work. And in the months leading up to Crimbo, we always end up rolling out big, cool shit almost at the same time as Crimbo, because having that, getting us in that, like, working on shit mode causes us to do good work on other stuff at the same time. And June is definitely like that for us. Um, yeah. How are we doing on how are we doing on streams? Uh, streams are up. They've been up for cool. 18 minutes. Nice. We have 20 minutes of recording that's, that has actually taken place so far. Cool. Uh, Southwest continues. I asked this a few weeks ago, but I don't know if you saw it. Years ago, you talked about the quest item tag and how it's inaccurately applied to items that aren't used in quests. Is that still on your radar as something to fix, or have you just accepted it? I I think that that is a problem to which there is no good solution, as is evidenced at least by the solutions that other people have uh, set forth <clears throat> and how I haven't liked any of them at all. You know... I think that it's possible to crawl a little too far up your own ass when you're trying to think about what, you know, it's okay if there are things that you have to be invested in the community to understand exactly what a word means in the game, right? It's okay for there to be a kind of a, 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 a patois. Sure. And, a jargon, you know, a lingo. I don't know if somebody sees a thing that is just randomly a quest item because of the mechanical benefits of making it a quest item and says, oh, I should figure out what quest this is for. Because you don't go to your inventory to see what your quests are, right? Hopefully not. Yeah, so I think that's okay. Uh, Kuno says, are the boots going to be allowed in the next challenge run? It feels like a late item of the month since I just don't do B-runs now. I just do B-runs now, but if I can't use them in the next one, I'll just be sad. No, you'll be able to use them in the next one. We specifically made it so you couldn't use them in this one because we didn't want the Bandersnatch functionality to create this sudden late game huge leaderboard upset. I don't know that that was necessary, um, but it it felt like a dick move. 
to do it. And it wasn't because like, oh, hey, I know, let's reintroduce a familiar that you haven't been able to use in this this challenge that's critical to speed play. Uh, no, it was like, oh, what are we doing this month? Oh, how about this? Oh, wait, that's going to screw up. Bees hate you. Uh, I mean, not screw it up, but it's just going to, it's going to rock the boat in some way that, you know, and also it was always going to be a pair of boots. So yeah, we would have had to go out of our way to not have a bee in it. Uh, your initial concept was very boot centric and got me thinking of the, of fairies wear boots actually. And that caused that like me to e- listen to that song for the first time. Who did that song? Is like Black AC, Sabbath. Sears? Yeah, Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath is the uh, the Ozzy Osbourne one, right? Yeah. That guy from the Osbournes. Yeah, he had a brief music career that was sparked by his popularity on that show. Ah, uh, man, I wish that I had pushed that porta potty over. I would probably still be in jail, but I would have been able to say I pushed over a porta potty that had Ozzy Osbourne in it. Any thoughts, says Erich, on a one-month Crimbo-themed challenge run just for December? Crimbopolis was great. Any plans to do other one-off additions to the Hobo Dungeons, Crimbo or otherwise? Um, I don't know about addition to the Hobo Dungeon. I, I might... I, if I was going to do something like that, I probably wouldn't do it that way again. Hmm. Um, it was fairly easy, but it wasn't... It was. It actually turned out to be slightly harder than just making a new clan dungeon. Um, it did have it did have the advantage of already having the chat channel infrastructure in there, but I almost think that if we did another like seasonal clan dungeon, ah fuck, I guess it does need a chat channel, huh? Yeah. It needs a chat channel for if anything is getting announced, and for like when the boss fight says fuck, huh? That said, if a clan dungeon was only there for a little while, we could reuse we could reuse the same chat channel mm-hmm. for all of them if we were doing temporary clan dungeons. Problem solved. And no, I don't think a one-month uh, Crimbo theme challenge run just for December is is in the cards. What? When does the next one trigger? It's August, September, so like November 15th? Yeah. And then February, and then June? June? No. Oh, June. Great. May. May, yeah. Yeah. Okay, we did. We specifically picked that window so that these things would not interfere with other big things that we had going on. Well, we sort of got lucky. That gave us a deadline for the Valhalla revamp. Yeah. Uh, and how about a slime tube themed crimbo? That's <laughs> kind of funny. I uh, this will be interesting. Like, <clears throat> I've never gone this late in the year without having a, at least a decent outline of what Crimbo's going to be. But You've I, been saying for a while that you are tired of having to constantly usurp and unusurp somebody every year. That was... like Every year there's some piece of criticism that resonates with me, and every year I try to correct for it. Like, there was the year that people were getting tired of having the same items just with different iterations of them. Right. And so then the next year we did something completely different and then people were sad that they lost that. Like, there were people that were tired of feeling like the end was always predetermined, so we gave them this big choice and that, that didn't work out so well either. 
But I think it's more just there are people who are not going to be happy no matter what we do. Oh, certainly, certainly. But, you know, it is important to it is important to both acknowledge that and be willing to listen to the people who actually make sense and are criticizing things, and right? Because yeah. I mean, And my knee-jerk you know. fuck you has gotten a lot weaker as I get older and think that, like, realize that in most things it, it would behoove me to listen to people who are saying things that I don't want to hear. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like... I don't know. The the answer to how come we always are saving Crimbo and there's never just a Crimbo may just be because there wouldn't be a story. Yeah, because it's... I mean, there would be, be nothing boring. to do. No. <laughs> like, Conflict. Like, yeah. Why didn't Frodo and Sam take the eagle to Baradur? Like, because then there would be no movie. Right. Yeah, because the, the movie. <laughs> like, it, they, they maybe should have explained why they couldn't, but at the same time... You have to have was some there, kind of conflict. Was there a reason in the book that they didn't take the eagle to Barad-dur? I don't think so. I think that's just, like, the plot hole of the ages. That even the eagle would have been tempted by yeah, a ring. Yeah, presumably, those guys are... Those eagles are sentient. So maybe Frodo, I think, was the only one who could not be affected... Uh, Frodo and Sam could not be affected by the ring long enough to actually do the destroying... Pokemon says is there ever a limit to how long you will let a puzzle go unsolved do you just look at all the people struggling with or more likely just complaining about a puzzle and think man these guys are never going to get this we should help them out a little or is it more like ha take that suckers now you'll never know what's in that box or what that thing there does just curious I feel neither of those things I like the idea of a puzzle that does not get solved for a really long time I think it's it's very difficult to pull that off um, because it is it is like a knife edge in designing anything tricky between trivial and completely unsolvable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it is, and it is a distinct skill and it is a skill, you know, I mean, there's a reason that the MIT mystery hunt is designed every year by the people who won it the previous year. Right. Is because like there's a very limited subset of people who are capable of devising puzzles that only that limited subset of people can solve. Mm hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. when it gets to a point, like the demon name in the pirate content, that it then everybody had mapped out all of the available space and they still weren't getting it, then it seemed like we kind of conceded that maybe that answer wasn't something that anybody was going to come up with on their own. I don't remember how that actually played out. Didn't somebody solve it, or did we did we give them a hint that it spelled something, or? Um, is there was nobody even knew that it was a demon name, right? So Riff did another, either Riff or Hot Stuff did another Uh-oh. puzzle that you right. could solve, and that gave kind of an oblique hint that was enough for one person to solve it and everybody else to go, "What the fuck was that?" Right, that was that the puzzle that Riff did was like that weird, uh, super complicated circuit diagram that resulted in outputs to a seven-segment display. Right. And then it had... I forget what it had. No, 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 no. Maybe that was the one that was the... The, the one that you're thinking of, it was the 29 Palms trophy. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that went undiscovered for so long, and it should have been so obvious, right? Like, it, 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 well, rather, if the phrase 29 Palms was a, a, a phrase in everybody else's head to the extent that it is in mine and that I thought it was in everybody else's head, then somebody would have found that. Right. Um, 
but I think that was the one where Hot Stuff did the longitude and latitude in some kind of ASCII art puzzle. I don't remember what the seven-segment display thing that Rift did actually resolved to. It was something that, that once I figured it out, I still couldn't solve the puzzle, but I'm, you know, I'm not the target audience for that. Yeah. Uh, WB O'Quine says, if a first-time player logs in for the first time on the Feast of Boris day or the day of, or, I'm sorry, Feast of Boris or Day of the Dead Drunks, will he still encounter Wandering Monsters? Wouldn't that be confusing? How about making Wandering Monsters not appear for the first couple hundred turns on First Ascension? So I have a couple of uh, I have a couple of things to say about that, and then some people some people go on and uh, give their experiences. But um, a new player, I don't think, would be confused by running into one of those things because he wouldn't know that that wasn't supposed to be there, right? He wouldn't know that it wasn't just a regular monster, and they you know maybe he would run into a monster and it would beat him up or whatever. But he's probably only going to get one or two of them in the amount of turns that he would play on the first yeah, game. Yeah, I guess the, the worry is that people will go, oh, this is a game where every 25 turns something just kicks the shit out of you and you can't stop it, right? Well... but I, And then I, we're discussing that, that doesn't, that's not really that big of a worry. Yeah, and also, you know, logging into a game and seeing that there is a world event going on, if that happened to me, I would hold that game in much higher esteem than if you know if it didn't right it's not that i wouldn't like it it's it's that i'd be like huh this game has shit going on like just today there happened to be something going on like this is this is clearly they're they're doing stuff in this game um also you don't uh hit them during the tutorial like it's it's coded so that you don't get any of those special encounters while you're in the tutorial uh you don't get them in the tutorial zones even if you're in there after the the tutorial so i'm not sure i think that might just be a holdover from the way that it worked before uh <clears throat> erich writes my first day it was eldia i was uh whooped and had no fucking idea what was going on but i loved it i would have been very disappointed if somebody had said oh you're too young of a player to participate in holidays and honestly how much do you expect a brand new player to play i was brand new and couldn't have played more than 150 turns and that was with me starting at 80 that's five monsters out of an entire day yeah 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 Oh, let's see. If you had to give one hint about either one sunken chest, two trophy ninety eight, three the question mark question mark question mark paste effect paste effect, four the can you dig its effect, five something else players don't even know about that they haven't discovered. What would you rather tell people about? I mean, I've already encoded the puzzle in the like it was like the fortieth through sixtieth podcasts that we did. I encoded audio explaining how to open the second chest yeah. so if people haven't solved that puzzle you know they just i can't be bothered uh let's see mad surgeon says just finished my run yesterday bought the fairy boots and started a new run with them today wanted to say i love this familiar funny writing opens up interesting tr- strategic decisions gives newbies a chance to play with otherwise expensive mechanics excellent work oh well, thank, thank you mad surgeon the Midnight Crazy says, my first question ever for the show would be, why isn't there a special accessory like Mr. A for people who donate 10 pounds? That's how I'm going to pronounce that colon with a capital D. Ah, okay. That sounds like a smiley phrase. Uh, thank you, The Midnight Crazies, for sending in a uh, radio question for the first time, uh, especially since you've been a member of the forums since the 31st of May 2008. He's and located you live in, in the, the Netherworld, so that's like Holland, right? Yeah. I think that means he's Dorch. He lives in the uh, neither regions. 
so few enough people live in Canada and want a Mr. A that send us like when the Mr. A was first released and there were for the first like year or so, there were a bunch of people who wanted to get it and sent us Canadian money. And it was kind of a hassle to deal with. And like anybody who ever sent us Canadian fucking coins, that was basically equivalent to sending us no money at all, but we still had to give you something right? because we can't do anything with that unless we go to Canada. I am pretty sure that there is no bank. There might be some organization that will take foreign coinage, but no bank will take it. Uh, I don't want to mess with that. Like having the having it for Canada, you know, it was funny once. If I do it again, then that sets a precedence that everybody wants it for every fucking currency, and it gets to the point where we just can't do anything with it, and it's just like, I don't, I don't want to mess with it. Somebody suggested Mister A Watt a long time ago, right? Mister Lo Gov. Uh, First thing people want a Mr. Billabong. Mr. Bangers and Mash. I don't know why I got Australian there. It's because you got Australian. As soon as I hear the word Billabong, I think, let's go surfing, dude. Is Billabong for surfers? Billabong is for lovers. What is is a Billabong? A Billabong is a pool of deep, clear water. I see. Did you not listen to Rolf Harris's Waltzing Matilda? I haven't in a while. Where he then explains that a Tucker bag is a bag for carrying Tucker. Yeah, yeah. I, I've eaten at Outback Steakhouse and read their menu glossary enough that I know a little bit about Australian slang. Well, I, I've never read the glossary at Outback. I eat there probably once a week, and I've never read the glossary. Uh, Just because I get the exact same thing every time, and so I don't even look at a menu. Right. More. Uh, Starwood says only 22 types of paste have been found so far. You've said a couple times there are 23 types of monsters. Are we just being blind and missing one, or is it unreleased content of some kind? Is uh, it- you know, one of those types, one of the monster types, and I didn't realize this when I made the list of 23, because I stopped, I was, when I was, like, figuring out, like, all right, so some of these ought to probably be consolidated because it's not a, it's not a critical enough distinction that it's meaningful. Right. Like, goblins are a thing, but, like, there were not really enough gnolls for gnoll to be one and gnolls aren't really like like goblins we've spent a lot of time sort of developing their kind of personality and culture whereas gnolls were just sort of proto orcs right and the, the like degrassi gnoll does not have much personality it's they just have weird jobs <laughs> right? right i mean it's it like I mean, and I guess the knob was kind of like that too, but like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Um, anyway, but when I was deciding like which things to consolidate, like gnolls and dwarves and gnomes are the same type. The gnomes have a lot of personality, but there just weren't, there aren't very many of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, and at some point, I had to stop. And twenty three seemed like a good target, but I forgot that I had one for. There are some monsters in the Spindler that we don't know what they are yet, and so I just made like a non-public category. And that's included in the 23. So that's why there are only there are only 22 types of monsters that are actually available. Yeah. The ones that... And it's not like they're hidden monsters that nobody has found. They are literally monsters that are like, uh, monster. Monster number five or whatever in the Spindler. Because if we had even picked what the name of the monster was, then we would know what kind of monster it was. Like, I can't think of anything that doesn't fit into any of the categories mm. that I've made. Now you've got me the singing only, Mambo maybe. number five as monster number five. 
the what uh, the huh? Sorry, I totally lost that sentence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the man like crazy says elf would be pleased with a Mister Oz. I bet. I oh, think sure. you're right about it being. It should be Mister Billabong. Or uh, Mr. Belvedere. Um, he was from Britain. Mr. Right? Bonza. <clears throat> um, let's see. King Stupid says, no KOLCon registration in the store yet? Get hot stuff to get those done before you die. I mean, before you hike Mount Rainier. Yeah. Uh, those, I did uh, the majority of the work to get those in the store today. Uh, C.D. Moyer fixed some JavaScript stuff, and they were just ironing out details of the t-shirt ordering um so that was between hot stuff and customer service and let me see they might have already done it actually uh no they haven't yet i'm i'm guessing that it will go into the store tonight because it is it is all but ready yeah it's It's all all but but ready don't get all butt hurt it's butt ready we uh we ought to figure out the did we nail down the Friday night activities yet? Uh yeah, yeah, okay. we found local casino stuff. Sweet. Uh that's that's cheap. We figured out some stuff that we're going to do. Um so yeah, we're thinking we're going to do like casino night. Uh you get some chips with a pre-reg and then you can gamble against other people or against the house. And we're trying to figure out how to make some custom poker chips without making custom, without having custom poker chips printed, because that shit is fucking super expensive. Right. Isn't there uh, a, like, a version of it where you get the cheap plastic ones with a sticker on them? Oh, huh. Because you'd think there's got to be, like, there's got to be some series of, like, high school carnivals that want that shit. Yeah, my plan for this, and I need to, I need to see, I feel like this would be trivial if we knew somebody at a machine shop, or if we could talk to somebody at a machine shop, but I tried, just uh, a theoretical, just, a, just a, as a prototype, um, I took one of the, not cheap plastic, actually pretty heavy, thick plastic poker chips that we have a tremendous number of, and could go buy some more of. And I put a paperclip on it, and I hit it with a hammer, and it was left with an impression of the paperclip in it that uh-huh. stayed in there. So what I what I am, am envisioning is like a die with a logo on it that we can somehow assembly line, just pop in a poker chip, put the thing in there, hit it with a hammer, pop in the poker chip, put in the next one, and just spend a couple days doing that and just make some poker chips that are that are like embossed with a sword and martini guy or whatever getting that getting that thing actually manufactured in metal might turn out to be much trickier than i expect it to be and you can also it looks like you can buy labels to stick in an inkjet or laser printer that are little circles yeah little circle stickers i don't know if that's more or less labor intensive than we're looking for yeah, it's probably not as labor intensive as doing the hammer thing. They'd be kind of shitty if they were laser printed, though, right? I mean, because uh. you you kind of want them glossy if it's something you're going to be touching with your hands. Although I guess if it's something you're going to be touching with your hands for one day, yeah, and then you're going to throw them in the drawer where you have all your KOL paraphernalia, and that'll be well if we even let people keep them. Hmm. I think that'll be 
If if they yeah. don't want to gamble them all the way, I, I can understand wanting to have. We also have considered uh, letting people buy stuff from us with them. Like a certain amount of them can get you the con item for free. A certain amount of them can get you a custom avatar or whatever. A certain amount yeah. of them can get you a blowjob from Riff. Let's say Riff. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say Riff. He's not on the easy. show. Uh, we'll just say. He's- He's the shortest of us. You know, it's it's the least where he is. He is ideally suited. <laughs> He's closer than the rest of us to people's penises by by a margin of a foot. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, he's not like five feet tall. He's not a dwarf. <sighs> I don't know. The homie's not tall. I mean. He's not that short. No, he's not <laughs> he's, that short. I think he is the shortest among us, but he's not that short. So I think uh, we should also declare that Friday night is uh, like James Bond casino night. Like if you want to dress fancy, then you should. I'm wearing a suit. People people were thinking about that. I actually have a suit now that fits my big fat ass, so uh, I can wear one. Cool. Where'd you get that? Big fat ass dude store? No, I just went and bought... Like I'm still within normal people sizes. I don't have to go to like circus tent store or anything. So I just went to Marshall's and bought a suit that fits instead of the suit that fit four years ago. Oh yeah, so hot stuff recently went to like a, I guess like a men's warehouse or whatever, and got like sort of measured and had a suit altered to fit correctly, hmm. and it was it was surprisingly inexpensive. I like because I don't think of you being able to get any element of a man's suit for less than like seventy five bucks, probably. Yeah, maybe you can, but I don't know. What what did you pay for your suit? I paid eighty dollars for mine, but it retailed for like. 350 for the whole suit yeah for the whole suit but it was just hells of marked down and exactly my size and i needed to be i I needed to officiate a wedding so yeah sure i want to say that he spent 400 dollars on one that was like tailored um and it looked okay and i and i was like always under the impression that suits were a lot more expensive than that and i don't know why because it's like a thing that like you there can was a time also, that's like, like when everybody had have one, right? Like, yeah, you can pay as much for them as you want. Yeah. You can, $2,000 suit will probably look nicer in ways that we wouldn't ever care about and nobody we know would ever notice. Yeah, but I do think that having one that fits you looks nicer than just having, you know, some stuff that you inherited or whatever. Yeah. Right, which is, which is what I tend to rock. I don't know. I mean, like my Max FunCon outfit, I can... I can it doesn't like when I wear a thing that is stylistically extremely frumpy. It kind of doesn't matter that it doesn't fit perfectly. Yeah, I the, guess. that's sh- like country. The country formal thing is is definitely more of a tweedy and comfortable versus like tailored and sharp looking. Yeah, but yeah. I think I'm going sharp. Dress uh, dress like you want the ladies to go crazy because you're a sharp dressed man. But you don't have to. I want yeah, to make that clear. You can totally show up in your thinky t-shirt and your cargo shorts or whatever. If you think that it's fun to dress up, yeah. then you should. Exactly. It's do not treat this. You know, I'm going to do this the way that they do the party thing at Max FunCon. Like, if you think of it as an obligation, just don't do it. Yeah. Uh, says, so what do you think about the recent three-day hardcore bees hate you run? I was under the impression that you didn't want to see this occur, or did you just not want the Feast of Boris to make it less difficult? Probably not the right word, but it's clear what I'm driving at, I hope. The reason that I didn't want... I, I understand what you're saying. The reason that we made it so Feast of Boris didn't have an impact on 
the challenge run, we're probably just going to do this for every challenge run, uh, was that we didn't want there to be a point somewhere in the three-month cycle where people got runs on the boards that could not be beaten. Yeah. Um, it isn't that they... It isn't that Feast of Boris allowed some particular speed milestone that I cared about, because I didn't have any goals with how much this would slow things down at all. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Um, so no, uh, you, your impression that I did not want to see a three-day hardcore Pisehi run was mistaken. I like that something, I like that some milestone was broken this late in the game. I mean, that, that to me, means that like people were still interested in the path and that it was fun and cool. Yeah. Recently, had a little. Uh, I recently had a little crisis of faith with the new path, and so uh, <laughs> I completely switched gears. This familiar, uh, this item of the month was totally designed around the next challenge path, which I have then just gotten rid of. I uh, I echoed Mr. Mag's uh, thoughts about that. Like I, we had an idea, it wasn't quite good enough. But we then just burned a lot of calories tacking things onto it to try to make it good enough. And that way always lies a measure of madness. Um, and and rarely results in a really satisfying product. So I, I believe... I, I don't know. I told people that it was 75% done. And then C.D. Moyer looked at the code and he was like, you're a fucking liar, you fucking liar. Uh, but... Uh, the, the the part of it that's in my head, I'm gonna probably continue working on that. When when I when I don't have a girlfriend here to make me to make me stop playing video games and or working, all I do is play video games and work. That makes sense. Do you figure yeah. that it's better as a general rule if we come up with something that is too good and have to scale it back, then come up with something that's underwhelming and have to scale it up? Because I, I think that we've seen that it works better to have something with. 20 different cool things and have to lose 10 of them then after yeah, go, I mean, oh, and we'll also tack this on it's certainly a better problem for a thing to have too much potential for us to implement in finite time right mm. um yeah uh, you know and and yeah it, it's the the, the fundamental it is possible that we will come up with a way to use the sort of fundaments of this path in another path right yeah. With with a different theming or something that doesn't lock us into the particular kind of, I don't know. I I spent a bunch of time sort of yelling at hot stuff last week about trying to figure out like what the where, like my my feeling about this as I was thinking about it, like it came time for me to do a bunch of code for it on some you know things that were being added to it. And I was just like, I could not get going on it because it had like lost its voice. The thing, the thing no longer had anything like a coherent vision. And the things that we were tacking onto it were just in direct opposition to what it was thematically all about. Yeah. And and so it was just like, all right, the, I, I I was afraid that people were going to be like, oh no, we can't. Like you guys, I was afraid that you guys were going to be like, oh fuck, here he goes changing horses midstream again but everybody was like oh okay good yeah that seemed like it was gonna suck yeah having seen the i missed the last conference call because i'm apparently an idiot but then i got what was going on with your uh how how can you be in your house do you turn the ringer off on the phone sometimes or like to not wake your kid up or what no if 
So I, I was down in my office with my cell phone next to me and the house phone behind me. But the house phone wasn't plugged in to the power. It's like a satellite phone from the cordless phone upstairs. And if it's not plugged in, it just doesn't ring. And I guess the one upstairs wasn't on its cradle, and so it was dead, so I wasn't hearing it ring upstairs either. So there was there was nothing in the house that was going to ring that house phone. And I didn't notice that my cell phone wasn't getting a reception because I was in the basement. So yeah. I absolutely failed at that and uh, just thought there wasn't a call because sometimes there's not. We usually try and yeah. tell you tell everybody if there's not going to be so that that's, but, but that sucked sometimes it's one minute but, yeah. or there would have been a call yeah no it, it wasn't a big deal it wasn't it was not an important meeting it was a bunch yeah. of floundering around trying to yeah, uh, but I'm yeah, saying when to, I saw the notes for that and I went oh we're so we're tacking on this whole other thing that we're gonna do that how does that work thematically with the other thing like. Huh, well, I, I guess you know, I'll do whatever I can to make this happen, but was kind of relieved to hear that there was another horse in the stream with us. Yeah, that's good. And I spent a lot of the time that I spent this weekend playing video games, I spent playing video games and working this thing out, so I should have something, I should have something to go into testing tomorrow. Yeah. And, and uh, there's some opportunities to do some funny writing. It's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Um, but I think that it will end up being, a, it, in the same way that Bees Hate You is, I think it will end up being a, like, really noticeable and sort of fundamental change to the way that that you play not in a way that is like i hope it is not in a way that is like super onerous to people um but we'll see if we put a restriction in that's not fun we can just totally reverse it uh that was the problem we had with this previous one it was like oh okay it turns out this the central conceit of this is sort of annoying well let's put in a thing that undoes it yeah like oh okay cool so this is the uh this is the cut off your legs and put you on stilts challenge path. Uh, anyway, Mad Surgeon says, also glad to hear you're going on the Overthinking It podcast again, Jake. I really enjoyed it the last time you were on. I don't think you need to worry about not being smart slash funny enough. You guys should do another bit where you talk about the podcast you're listening to. I ended up with a big fat list of really interesting stuff. I don't remember who recommended Back to Work, whether it was you or one of the OTI guys, but I've been listening to it religiously since then, and it's really good. It is pretty good. I, I have been listening to it lately. Um, I don't know, like, Mer- are you familiar with Merlin Mann? Uh, no. Like, Merlin he, so I really like his, like, comedy podcast that he does every once in a while with uh, Scott Simpson and Adam Lissigore, um, who you met, you must have met Adam yeah. Lissigore, Max. Yeah. Um, you Look Nice Today is great. And, like, he, you know, he is one of the great things about it. His job is like kind of being a productivity guru and implicit in what he does is like the main thing is that you need to stop wasting your time reading shit like the shit that I write and spending more time (laughs) just doing your work. I mean, you know, he makes he makes a lot of points that that if you think about them, it's like, okay, well, this is like he, he talks about like. This this sort of thing that comes up when he's on podcasts. I probably not in his not in his speeches that he gives at companies, but he's like, you know, you wonder like what scheduling tool is going to make it so you have the motivation to finish your novel, but like you don't need a scheduling tool to tell you to jerk off, right? Huh. Like you're just going to do that because you want to. So the problem is not that you don't have like 
some app on your phone that reminds you that, oh, it's time to write 40 words on your novel before the next break that you take or whatever. Like, the problem is that you just don't, you know, like, you think you want to do it, but if you don't want to do it bad enough to actually do it, maybe the problem is you don't really want to do it, right? Like, you don't need to set an alarm to play video games, right? That's a thing you'll do because you're motivated to do it. Um, but that said, you know, and then he's just like, like, talks about, you know, systems. So he's, and he's, he's like a super funny guy and he's well-spoken and he is very clever very quickly. Uh, and I admire him for that. And sure. this podcast is like super informal and weird. I don't know who this Dan Benjamin guy is that he does the podcast. He's a guy who does a bunch of other podcasts. And I think a lot of them are about like what software to use on your Mac. Like they're really, really zealous about Macs. Which puts me off a little. I have a hard time with that. Although, you know, they at least seem to be... That's what happens pe- every time I read Lifehacker. Oh, yeah? It's just like, and here's the thing that will make you more productive for your Mac. And for your Mac and for your Mac. Because you totally have a Mac. And, yeah. After a while, I yeah. just quit. And a lot of it is I mean, organizing your inbox. A Mac's like the trapping of, of somebody who's like, oh, I'm going to write a novel. It's time to buy a computer. What kind of computer does a novelist use? You know, it's like, oh, probably that one. <laughs> and it's like, no. I mean, a novelist probably uses the computer that he's had for five years because it doesn't have any money, you know? Like, um, what other podcasts am I listening to lately? I have mostly been listening to uh, Giant Bombcast, which is now just like my favorite video games podcast um i don't know why i never really got into it before because i totally love it now i listen to weekend confirmed every once in a while which is another video games podcast that i'm not super i would rather listen to giant bombcast but sometimes there is no new giant bombcast yeah. i still listen to the overthinking a podcast every week i still listen to my brother my brother and me every week uh jordan jesse go i've gotten behind on stop podcasting yourself i've gotten behind on um you know what you can listen to now because uh you came through for me in a big way is family, family hot dog yeah how would our listeners find that Mr. Scullin? Uh you, you would probably just go to familyhotdog.com this uh, yeah all three episodes we've recorded are up on familyhotdog.com the um, RSS feed something happened to it as I was copying and pasting your code so I'm going to have to try that again tomorrow oh so you haven't actually submitted it to iTunes yet right it's just uh, right now it's just the uh the hot dog family's uh, web design, you know, a yeah. list of episodes on a white background with Ariel font. Ariel font. She's my favorite mermaid. Good old Ariel Found. font. I, I'm excited. Like, I don't know if the podcast is going to be of any uh, like interest to you personally, but I just want you to hear the bumps because they turned out cool. Okay, I will listen to it as soon as we are done here, buddy. Nice. Yeah, and I will not be insulted if you're like, you know, uh, for some reason, these people sitting around talking about being parents is not interesting to me. Right. I don't know. I uh, I need to catch up on Apropos of Nothing. I, I just can't. There's so much of it. And oh, yeah. their episodes are like an hour and a half long, and that's three trips to the gym, and in that time I can listen to one and a half advice hot dogs so I'm, I'm keeping up on advice hot dog 
and still having the problem where like being made to LOL while lifting heavy things is a bad idea. Yeah, I, I have that trouble with my brother, my brother, and me when I'm doing my ridiculous sledgehammer workout. Shovel glove. I'll be, I'll be huffing and puffing and then suddenly laugh and blow your house my, down. <laughs> off my breathing rhythm. Um, luckily, it's not really much of a workout, so it doesn't have that much of an impact on it. Uh, it's just enough. Uh, let's see. They got no, no. Yeah, I think it's, there's still something wrong with the leaderboard uh, for bees hate you. Um, and then it gives your best day count and your best turn count, even if they weren't on the same run. I thought that was an issue that CD Moyer fixed. I made it very difficult for him when I decided that I didn't want the same person on the leaderboard twice. Right. Um, which we might. I don't know. We might need to generate that leaderboard in a different way. Because it's not uh, its not hard to write code to do that. It's hard to write an SQL query to do that. But there's no reason, I don't think, that we have to do that in a single query. So I'm guessing that that's a thing that we can fix pretty easily. Oh, let's see. Um, any more questions in there? No more questions in there. We are running right up on out of time. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Yep. I, uh, you know, no. I had the... I wanted to talk about KOLCon for sure. We did. Uh, Dragon Con's coming right up. Yeah, Dragon come Con. see us at Dragon Con, buddy. Yep, it's happening. I, I've got a flight. I'm flying on, I, I believe it's a bus with wings. Oh, yeah? The Airtran is essentially the Greyhound bus of the sky, so we'll see what happens. Huh. Maybe uh, maybe I'll have to, at some point, go down into the galley and row. I, I got, got so many fucking airplanes. Yeah. Um, I was nervous because I, because of the like guest status that I got at Dragon Con, I had to sign this thing saying I would do a panel every day. But what I didn't realize is that they put me in the panels, so I like I didn't have to do anything. Huh. And it's like I looked like, like I was super nervous about it because I'm like, man, I don't know about anything other than KOL. What the fuck? And then they placed me on these panels, and I looked at them, and I was like, oh, cool, I can do that. Huh. Um, I mean, one of them was just like what it's like to be an indie video game developer. Like I know, I know that. <laughs> uh, and another one was how to break into the video games industry. And I've got some things to tell people. <laughs> Don't. Um, I, you know, I need to find out who else is on those panels so that I can maybe talk to them ahead of time. Yeah. Figure out, like, I don't want to... I'm hey. assuming somebody has a plan for this panel and I don't want to fuck it up. We don't really have a plan for ours. Yeah. Uh, would you... Last... How would you... that? Would you like me to get some decent res stuff from the comic book to show? I could. Last year we debuted uh, Word Realms. Yep. Um, that's not going to be as exciting this year. <laughs> um, maybe next year we'll debut the finished version of it. But that's what we said last year. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't, know what, I don't know what we'll do. We could record a podcast. Live. We just did mostly Q and A last time, and it they they filled up the time. Let's do a Q and Q. Let's just like sit there and cry. Yeah, let's, it'll be Socratic. It'll be Socratic. You won't even be able to handle it. That is the most Socratic thing I've ever seen. 
All right, guys, I think that's enough. Sure, guys. we've uh, we have nearly an hour of publishable stream, so uh, nice. I have a week to figure out how to fix my shit, and uh, thank you all for tuning in.